The Toho Gang are joined by special guest David Bednar to hunt down an indestructible and disgusting space monster. Can they get in the zone and emerge victorious? Find out in episode 54, Zayram. Welcome to another episode of Toho Yaro. I'm your host this episode, Joey Weiser, and with me are my co-hosts, V. Hey, V. Hey, Joey. And Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey, Joey. And uh, today we are joined by a special guest, David Bednar. Hey, David. Hey, Joey. Hey, nice to have you. So, um... Per David's request, uh, we are covering a 1991 special effects film or tokusatsu. You might hear us throw that term around. That just means live action special effects uh, film called Zayram. And um, so, um, David, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and then maybe why in particular you wanted to cover this film? Uh, sure. So, um, boy, what is there to say about me? Uh, I it, in my day job life, my mm. real it's, it's hard to like have delineations between uh, <laughs> like professional, like what I am and. I just live inside of a basement now, so uh, I make uh, user interfaces for mobile games. Um, I've been an artist in the uh, video game industry for, (laughs) I just realized, almost 10 years now, so that's wild. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, and I've been an enthusiast for, uh, you know, anime, tokusatsu, uh, manga, all those uh, weebity things for Mm -hmm. uh, quite some time. And Zayram is a personal favorite and I think a really interesting movie to talk about, both in terms of where and what it is, what it tries to accomplish, and then Mm -hmm. what the people who made it went on to do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, What's your history with the film? Do you know, do you recall when you first saw it? So I believe I saw it because I rented a uh, three pack, a movie three pack with Zayram 2, Hakaider, and Moon Over Tau, all three oh, films yeah. by uh, the director Keita Amamiya. Um, it was back in college, and uh, I'm going to confess a dirty secret. I mean, not like a secret secret. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, follow me at Ycarps uh, on Twitter. Uh, I tweet a lot. So, like, the, my personal life does not have many secrets, but uh, back in uh, in college, uh, I went on the four chans. Mm. I don't want it. Nobody <laughs> wants to admit that it happened. I don't do it anymore because I have a morality. But there were good boards and bad boards. And back in the day, uh, the mecha board was one of the few remaining semi-bastions of civilization uh, Mm -hmm. where you could get some good recommendations for anime and only I don't know, one twentieth of the uh, posts were by neo-Nazis so (laughs) uh, uh, there was a vibrant tokusatsu uh, uh, fandom that lived on the mecha board and that's how I got into tokusatsu. There were the people that you would show up and say, hey what's cool and they'd be like 
uh, common rut. Uh, it would be cut. Oh, what, what's the one with the Beatles? The the common rider with the Beatles. Um, Big bad Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. A, uh, what is metal it? Metal hero. Kabuto. Yeah. Mm, gosh, I feel real bad that I. They can't go real fast. Pull it. <laughs> the movie's called Godspeed Love. There's three of them. Let's see. Yeah, I don't know. Juco um, B Fighter and B Fighter Kabuto. No, 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 B Fighter. No, the Common Rider, where they're all Beatles. I didn't say I did. I know, I know myself a, a metal hero when I say metal hero. I don't know. OK, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a real thing. Sorry. Uh, we uh, me and my wife are watching One Piece right now. And Soga King just showed up and he's got his Kabuto. And so I was like, my brain's <laughs> inserting this word in, incorrectly. But no, mm-hmm. Common Rider Kabuto. So they, they, they'd show up and because that was that that was the new hotness. And they'd say, you should watch this child. And so I watched it and I was like, that guy's kind of an asshole. But um, <laughs> so I got into com- uh, I got into Common Rider. I uh, really like me some some uh, Deno. I got into some Ultraman. I really like me some Mebius. And. One of the things that kept showing up in threads was crazy gifts from uh, Hakider, mechanical violator Hakider. And I was like, mm. boy, that sounds like a thing to watch. So I rented this three pack. I watched Hakider. It was OK. It's a it's a movie that is much better served in uh, GIF and uh, <laughs> like people just saying, did you know that that movie set in Jesus town? Like it doesn't quite li- live up yeah, to, the, to the promise of punching walls has, and the, the walls bleeding. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes a movie works well as little snippets of info about it. But once you sit down to see it, it's like, oh, uh, there's a lot of stuff in between the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. So like Hakider's fine. It's really artsy. It's but it wasn't quite my cup of tea. And so then I watched Moon Over Tau and like it was fine. There were there was a little too much aliens and not enough wizards in that samurai mm. movie. Um, but again, like it's a movie where it has both wizards and aliens and samurai. So it was good. And then I watched Zayram 2 and I didn't want to watch Zayram 2 because I'd never seen Zayram. Zayram 2 rocked. Zayram 2 was like watching a 90s anime, but live action. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the transposition of aesthetic was so precise and correct. And I was like, oh, man. This movie would be really good if I knew who anybody was or what <laughs> anything was going on. So I set out to find Zayram 1. That is also why I asked to do Zayram 1 and not Zayram 2. Zayram 2, kind of a better movie, mm. but utterly unintelligible unless you know who the characters are because they know because what Zayram 2 is is the fireworks factory where they actually have a budget to execute on their special effects. Oh, um, right. But Zayram 1 because they do not have a lot of money for their special effects, they are forced to have characters. So Zayram mm-hmm. one, uh, uh, I watched Zayram one. And I was like, oh, this is a really, a really, really good. The Terminator. And mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. The Terminator. Me and my mom, our favorite movies, gro- uh, our favorite movie growing up was Terminator 2 because she wanted to be uh, Sarah Connor really bad. Um and uh, so we would watch Terminator 2 all day long. And eventually, like when I was older, she showed me Terminator. And so we'd watch those two kind of alternating. And so having this having the Terminator, but it's kind of Power Rangers, too. It's kind of a common Rider. <laughs> it's kind of oh, anime. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's that's my history with uh, with the Zay Rams. 
Cool. Yeah. So you hadn't seen Iria, the OVAs, uh, before that either, because that was that's my entry into this. Is I'd never seen this movie, but I definitely knew of Iria. I think I'd seen the the anime like on maybe on Sci Fi Channel or maybe by renting it uh, through a rental place. But um, but that sort of that there's a super iconic image of Iria like crouching with a gun that I think was on basically like every anime advertisement uh, (laughs) in a five year span in the (laughs) Mm -hmm. nineties, probably on some like skateboard decks and stuff too. Um, So I, that is like super etched in my brain, Uh, but I'd never had seen the live action movie. I didn't even know that there was a live action movie until I think pretty recently I'd seen maybe you or folks talking about it and being like, Iria, isn't that an anime? And and then kind of put two and two together eventually. Um, uh, uh, v, have you seen this movie before or are you familiar with it? I had not. Uh, I I did watch Iria Zerum, the animation, uh, mm-hmm. when it was on Saturday Anime on the Sci-Fi Channel 10 billion years ago. Yeah. And didn't remember much of it. Like I, I could pick Zerum and Iria out of a lineup, but couldn't tell you what actually happened in the show. The one thing that was seared indelibly into my brain from that was not her crouching with the gun, but the pose from the opening where she's like running and leaps in the air and shoots backwards. Yeah, so yeah, that cool. for sure too. <laughs> um, but yeah, the and I I found out about the live action sometime in high school, but never watched it. Uh, just because, uh, as, uh, David was talking on Twitter earlier today, they're like Tifa from final fantasy seven is almost her outfits almost lifted straight from the movie. And Mm -hmm. I had seen like stills of the movie comparing the two. I didn't realize that Vincent and Genova were also kind of lifted. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I knew it was around, but I never got around to watching it. Yeah. How about you, Alex? Yeah, nothing. Um, nothing. <laughs> the, I guess Zeram's face, like, as soon as I saw... Well, so I saw all of the screenshots that, like, when we were talking to David initially in the chat, and he posted all of these screenshots, the first thing that I thought in my head was, like, whoa, this looks like art for, like, a side-scrolling bullet hell game. Mm. <laughs> like, I <laughs> I don't know. It just had that aesthetic. But yeah. I feel like Zeram's face I might have seen before somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've, I didn't know there was an anime. I didn't know that this was a movie. This was completely new to me, which was why I was pretty excited to watch it. Cool. Uh, just uh, a, well, yeah. one more one, sort of a related question. Is this your first Keita Amamiya uh, work? Um, that's a good question. I actually need to look and see uh, what else uh, he has done. Uh, I've seen a little Garo and it didn't completely stick. Uh, but I don't know. And I, I, he's directed some like Jetman and stuff, which I saw, but I don't, yeah, I'm not like, I think this is my first time seeing like a movie that he like directed. Yeah. So Keita Amamiya. Wow. Is I just, a, I'm looking at his Wikipedia profile and he's got, mm-hmm. a, he looks like a character from a Kojima game. <laughs> he has a leather, like a, uh, well, he, has he a leather looks fedora. like Edward James Olmos in Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll we'll get back to uh Kojima I see. games, right? So this is a lot of common writer uh common writer stuff. Um mm-hmm. let's see. Iria 
Onimusha, Clock Tower, Final Fantasy 15. No, that's is it? No, oh, that's 14. <sighs> nope. I yeah, not none of this stuff. I'm nope. Yeah, well, he yeah, he's a character <laughs> designer as well as a director, so he he has a pretty like wide uh range of stuff that he's credited on. Mm, I think Clock Tower three be- makes sense. Yeah, his debut may have been uh, Super Sentai series Dynaman, um, if uh, IMDb. His first paid job was designing monsters for the uh, failed Hanna-Barbera Ultraman cartoon. <laughs> Very Jesus good. Christ. <laughs> that so, sounds so, right. So uh, was that any relation to Godzilla and Godzuki then? <laughs> No, those would be different. Uh, <laughs> those are monsters I, too, say, too horrible even for his pen to draw. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably um, in the same spirit, maybe, um, at least what they wanted. Yeah, so he's, you know, he, he created Garo, which is a big uh, kind of uh, tokusatsu, kind of serious, dark tokusatsu series. Um, and uh, the Super Sentai series Live Man. Uh, and he's an episode director for lots of stuff like Zoo Ranger, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series, um, as well as uh, those films that like David had mentioned, like the second Zero movie and um, uh, what is it? Moon over Tau. Yeah, Moon over um, Tau, a.k.a. Makaraga. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. And, and in 1994, so a few years later after this, there was the six part uh, straight to video OVA uh, series called Iria Zerum, the Air animation, which I, I watched the first episode of today just to kind of get um, that reacquainted. But yeah, I think like V, I basically don't remember it at all. It was starting to kind of vaguely come back as I was watching it. But um um, yeah, is that um, I'm curious, is that meant to be a prequel to this or just sort of a thing that uh, isn't related? But every just take- a lot of places listed as a prequel, mm-hmm. um, the problem and like it certainly does have explanations for who is Bob? Why does Iria have hair beads? Where did mm-hmm. Zayram come from? The problem is that. In Zayram the movie, uh, Iria says, oh, yeah, Zayram looks tough uh, and like but like has no clue about who Zayram is. And in oh, Iria, right. Zayram the animation, uh, Zayram murders her brother and her best friend <laughs> in the first episode. Like, yeah. So like, sweet. Yeah. No, like uh, uh, and like by the end of the series, she has uh, killed like several Zayrams. Like she mm. definitely. uh, uh so Iria Zayram, the animation is not so much like a prequel as like a alternate universe. What if this never went to Earth and just stayed in cool Asian inspired space future? Sure. And yeah. uh, but like, I think there are like universe details that are explored in that that do connect to uh, to the movie continuity, too. So mm-hmm. like in Iria Zayram, the animation, uh they go into uh, real detail about uh, that area wears uh, these hair beads in her hair and that in her culture, uh, that's supposed to be something that only the men do as a sign of like they're, uh, they're like warriors and hunters. And so her wearing uh, uh, the beads that she took from her brother is like a tribute to him and also like a sign that she's uh, uh, she's kind of like a tomboy and a rebel. Mm-hmm. And okay. So like at the end of 
So at the end of Zayram, the movie, she cuts two of those beads and gives them to uh, Tepe and Kamiya. Right. Uh, the two goofballs we'll get into later. Uh, and like that's supposed to have a lot of significance. And we don't really get that. Like we're just like, mm-hmm. here's some of my hair. And yeah. uh, <laughs> So, like, I think there is, like, setting detail, but not plot detail yeah. that you can pull. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed that that might have been the case, um, but I was getting strong prequel vibes uh, from from that. So I'm not surprised that it's uh, categorized that way by some folks. Um, so just to run down the actors a little bit, um, small cast, um, Yuko Moriyama is Iria, um, and she has a pretty short career starting with this film and ending in 2000 with a film called Tokyo Raiders. Um, I didn't see a ton of info about, uh, her online. It's believed that she just quietly retired from acting, um, and uh, Kunihiro Ida plays Tepe, um, and he interestingly also seemed to only act from 91 to 2000, starting with this movie and then uh, retiring or, or bowing out or whatever in, in 2000. Um, nothing in his filmography that was like crazy notable to me. Uh, he's in Weather Woman, which I think may have come up uh, in this on this show before because it sounded familiar to me. It's like a kind of sexy comedy about a weather broadcaster. Um, and uh, Yukijiro Hotaru plays Kamiya and he is much more prolific. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still acting to this day. Um, he's in the 90s Gamera trilogy. He's in Godzilla GMK, the Godzilla Mothra and King Ghidra, King, uh, giant monsters all out attack, um, which we'll get back to in a second. Um, but he seems to have a pretty big uh, film and TV career, uh, not just Tokusatsu stuff. Um, Masakazu Honda plays the voice of Bob, um, and he's not in a ton of stuff either. He's in another Amamiya film that um, Munavur Tao, and but he doesn't seem to be much of an actor. I thought perhaps he'd be like a voice actor or something. He's in like an episode of Samurai Champloo, but it looks like mostly he just does narration for various TV broadcasts, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, Mizuho Yoshida is the suit actor that plays Zeram, and he's a big um, Heisei era suit actor. Uh, he's Godzilla in GMK, uh, extremely notably, and uh, he's also in several of the sort of 90s uh, Mothra and Gamera films as other kaiju as well as being a motion capture actor in video games like Resident Evil and the Metal Gear uh, series. So. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, he uh, he's the motion capture actor for Solid Snake and Naked Snake in Metal Gear Solid 2, Twin Snakes and Metal Gear Solid 3. Wow, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. he's a member of AAC, the Attractive Action Club, which is <laughs> oh uh, a uh, uh, they're like the, these, these houses of uh, uh, stunt actors uh, in Japan. And so that house got uh, got connected to uh, some of like the Gamera movies and mm-hmm. uh, so uh, like Onimusha and uh, the Metal Gear Solid series. So he like when those things get kind of tied into projects, folks like him kind of keep showing up. Yeah, yeah. I guess a, a rival group to the Japan Action Club, uh, Sanichiba's group that is a big Toei um, action acting group. Um, so Wait, yeah, so, get- so is that like the, the Brat Pack 
or uh <laughs> <laughs> no it's more like a group of like extra like you know when you see uh uh the the super sentai fighting a bunch of just rando guys mm-hmm. and they're throwing them over railings or whatever those are the japan action club uh oh. actors and and then some of those people will like go on to be stars like um it was formed by sunny chiba and, and there's a few other um some of the people that were in um message from space are uh jac people oh, um, that's kind of wild mm-hmm. sort of like a weird uh stunt union yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the big guys in uh, attractive, a- uh, uh, attractive action club is Mark Musashi, hmm? um, who is in uh, I don't know. Uh, Mark Musashi. He shows up in uh, uh, the live action Cutie Honey. Um, oh, okay. He was in uh, uh, Shibuya, uh, Shibuya 15, one of my favorites, um, like uh, he's kind of notable because he's uh, a crazy good martial artist uh, mm-hmm. and also um, of, of, of uh, Western descent. And so he kind of he kind of sticks out of uh, uh, I think he, he also like was in uh, like uh, it has him listed on uh, the Japanese Wikipedia page of being in an episode of iCarly and Kamen Rider Dragon Knight. Oh, boy. Um, so like he shows up, he shows up yeah. uh, uh, places. It w- once you know who Mark Musashi is, whenever he shows up, you're like, oh man, it's Mark Musashi. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'll have to look him up. Um, so yeah, let's dig into this movie a bit. Um, so the the synopsis uh, uh, briefly is that Iria and her digital partner Bob um, have come to Earth to apprehend a dangerous alien named Zaram. And she comes in contact with two bumbling electronic comp- or electron- electric company workers, uh, Tepe and Kamiya, who accidentally are transported to uh, with her to a zone, uh, which is like a parallel pocket dimension that mirrors a section of the city but is uninhabited. And in the zone, Iria fights and captures Zaram. But due to some bumbling, she is transported back to Earth while the other two are left behind with Zerum. And uh, after some more bumbling, Zerum is uh, released and it is up to Iria to coach them uh, from Earth to defeat Zerum. Uh, Kamiya disappears, presumably dead in an explosion, uh, while Tepe goes to a designated point where he's supposed to pick up a powerful weapon called a Metis Cannon, I think it was. And um, Kamiya reappears, uh, driving some construction uh, equipment, a big crane. And uh, eventually, Iria also pops back into the zone, uh, rescuing the boys with a big bazooka. And uh, at this point, (laughs) Zerum shreds this, like, uh, outer layer and reveals this kind of big skeletal monster and chases them up some stairs and eventually is uh, blown up but his head survives and flies around and it's transported back to earth with uh, Tepe and Kamiya uh, minus Iria who's now stuck in the zone and uh, they shoot the head uh, but it grows into an even grosser creature um, and Tepe attempts to fight it off while Kamiya uses his uh, electrical engineer know-how to repair the transporter, bringing Iria back, and the day is saved. Uh, she then gives them each a lock of her hair with the be- beads, as we were uh, mentioning earlier, and they take a uh, a commemorative photo together for posterity. The end. Um, so, yeah, the, um, 
the elevator pitch that I give people sometimes is uh, Samus Aran teams up with Mario and Luigi to fight the Terminator. <laughs> um, but uh, I was I was just Not watching with uh, uh, some pals on a Discord channel earlier, and somebody just said, "Oh, this is Abbott and Costello meet the Predator," and that's about <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. At so at a certain point, he like takes off his mask, and he definitely has a kind of like Predator face too. Um. Yeah, so so David, I, um, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this, but like maybe kind of briefly is I'm curious to know if watching it uh, recently, if your thoughts have changed or if you have any sort of new perspective on this or, or what your thoughts were watching it this time around. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that my, uh, uh, the thought that, that was most prevalent today while watching it was uh, a combination of their jackets are really cool and <laughs> the logo for their uh the, the like little mascot for their electric company is really cute so yes that's i have like, noted that as well it is so good <laughs> it's really good um they, they wear these incredible past uh, uh past like, if somebody told you like if, if you had to guess when this thing was made uh all you'd have to do is look at those jackets and be like oh this is early 90s japan isn't it um <laughs> or instagram 2020 <laughs> Like they're uh, uh, they wear clothes the color of a frame of Sailor Moon. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, but no, um, I really liked it uh, revisiting it because it's 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 been a few years. It's been a few years since I've watched Zayram. Um, I think what struck me is both. Uh, so I guess uh, 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 one thing that struck me is how little characterization there actually is for a movie that only has three characters. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there are, there's really no problems that need to be solved through an adventure with an alien monster. Nobody like has any catharsis. It's just Mm -hmm. a real bad day that happens to some folks. And then at the end they get a nice souvenir. Um, (laughs) And I cut, I both, it's, it, it both feels like kind of a missed opportunity, but also like that's kind of a kind of nice, like not every single movie needs to have a moment of uh, emotional catharsis. Sometimes you just need to see a guy show up with a forklift uh, to run over a skeleton monster. So um, that's that's one thing uh, I think more is as I've been as I dug into the research before this podcast, um, what I really started to love about it is. And it's something that I, that I love about uh, Amamiya in general is that he's as a director, Keita Amamiya is incredibly good at getting the most value for his money on screen. Mm-hmm. So uh, to kind of go into uh, the production of Zayram, um, this was originally supposed to be a V cinema, like one of the one of the first V cinema movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a. a a, a movie distributor called Gaga communications. Uh, and they set aside, I think it was, uh, the, uh, so the producer for Zayram, this is actually the first, uh, movie produced by Yoshinori Chiba, who went on to, uh, uh, produce all sorts of things that you have heard of like Tokyo Gore police, uh, mm-hmm. Yakuza weapon, machine girl, uh, yeah. Also, the the live action Yatterman movie. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, we covered that. Yeah. So, V Cinema. Uh, most of a lot of folks listening probably know, but that's like a straight to video uh, cinema, kind of along the same idea of OVA, uh, original video animation. This is like straight to video films that um, 
often were kind of a bit more extreme in content. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah, a lot of times they're, they're pretty trashy and a lot of times they are extremely low budget. In fact, they are always extremely <laughs> low budget. Um uh, I found an interview with uh, Yoshinori Chiba where he said that Zayram had an, uh, a budget of five hundred thousand dollars, and eventually, eventually went way over budget and went up to a million. I saw another source that uh, said the starting budget for this movie was about three hundred thousand dollars. Still, mm. like I can believe, <laughs> I can believe that it was initially made for not a lot of money, and mm-hmm. eventually was made for more than, but still not a lot of money. Right? Um, yeah. In 1991 bucks, uh, this movie came out at the the same year as Terminator 2. Uh, So like when you're looking at uh, uh, Terminator 2 cost one hundred million dollars. So if this is uh, even made for one million dollars, you can look at Terminator 2 and then look at this and say this is a Terminator movie that was made for one one hundredth of what Terminator (laughs) 2 was made for. And it's got great production value. I mean, it was it's made for a tenth of what the original uh, Terminator was made for in the 80s. Um, and there's a level of detail to the craft, to the design of the uh, uh, of the props, to the sets. Like uh, when you go into Iria's uh, like little uh, forward operation base and it's all co- like this weird mix of alien tech cobbled together with like Sony TVs that she bought off the rack like that's both cost saving and also tells you about how she can scrounge up materials and how thrifty she is. There's uh, uh, there's just a level of detail and craft to this that I really, really appreciate. And I really, really love like he's using the whole heart. And like my guess is that 90 percent of the budget went to the crazy <laughs> stop motion effects at the very yeah. end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, but like even things like um the zone like the zone the idea that this place takes that the uh the fights in this take place in like an instance form of reality where there's nobody else like that's a that's a narrative con- uh, uh conceit to justify why they didn't pay any extras but yeah no, also totally. <laughs> but also what they what he does with that is he creates a ticking time, uh, uh, ticking clock for the end of the movie because the zone starts to destabilize and fall apart. And oh, no, that'll kill everybody. Uh, and also there are fun things that he can do, like uh, Iria's daylight gun. She fires that thing off and suddenly you get to see all of the really cool detail on the Zayram suit. And then when he uh, when they need uh, the mood to suddenly twist and the drama to, to ratchet up. Oops, the daylight gun ran out. Now we're back tonight. Like mm. there's so the way that. It very tightly uses its constraints to create this very rich and unique world is very admirable and very, very cool to me. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, you I'm mentioned. Curious. Oh, oh go sorry. Ahead. Uh, I got a whole full head of steam. And if I could just go for one more. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> chug along one more thing. Early in the podcast, you mentioned the phrase tokusatsu. And I think uh, y'all have covered uh, Godzilla movies before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in terms of like genre tokusatsu, genre special effects, this is kind of the first thing that Tohoyaro's covered. That's like its whole existence is purely for the joy of special effects in men in rubber suits. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, message from space. Oh, that's gets true. There um, as well. Um, but yeah, that's outside of kaiju films. Yeah, this one, this one in particular, as I was watching it, I was like, well, this is basically just a really long tokusatsu episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like this is 
if they made a tokusatsu series about the day in the life of Bulk and Skull from Power Rangers, <laughs> this would be um, it. Like, yeah. But so in tokusatsu, there's this idea of craft uh, uh, in the genre of special effects. There's this idea of craft. Um, actually, uh, I've got a I've got a quotation from uh, uh, August Ragone's A.G. Subaraya, Master of Monsters, all pulled up mm-hmm. because it uh, it's a quote that kept playing in my head when I was watching like uh, Tepe open up the uh, uh, the bug emergency rations and like the idea that they made a prop to explain what aliens eat in space. Um, so there's uh, uh in uh, in an article called H's Creations 50 Years On by Norman England, uh, he recounts this uh, 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 this moment during the filming of uh, Godzilla Mothra King Ghidorah, where Chiharu Niyama and Shiro Sano are sitting and watching uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Quote, a scene in the film that included miniature dump trucks caught Chiharu's eye and she snickered loudly. Sano grew serious. Don't laugh, he reprimanded the young actress. It would have been far easier and cheaper for Subaraya to have gone to a construction site and filmed ordinary trucks lugging dirt than to have Mm -hmm. built a sprawling miniature set like this. Realism is not the point. It is about style. It is about mood. There is an integrity in the way Subaraya and his people worked. And I think about that when it comes to especially movies that made by uh, Amamiya, who is really versed in uh, really uh, uh, sunk deep into the tokusatsu world, is the idea that craft is king, that it's so much more important that every part of it be handmade and hand designed than Mm -hmm. actual verisimilitude be enacted. And certainly verisimilitude is a factor of the craft it's you know a good a good mat on a special effect is is a sign of of uh, uh, mastery but also it's really important like Kitama Mia loves to put a stop motion monster in his movies because a stop motion monster requires a lot of artistry. It requires mm-hmm. a lot of precision. The design work that he wants to include in his movies requires that level of articulation. And so what I love about Zayram, especially now, especially as an uh, uh, as an <laughs> as, as an adult man and a professional artist, is the level of craft, even at this low, bu- uh, uh, even with this low budget. I think yeah. that's what, what I uh, love the most. Awesome. So I th- uh, I'm curious, uh, Alex, as uh, the one coming into this with the least amount of uh, experience, not even uh, familiar with the anime and stuff, like what was your experience seeing this? I thought it was really fun. Uh, like I said, it felt like a tokusatsu episode uh, mm-hmm. or at least a backdoor pilot for the adventures <laughs> of uh, Tepe and Kamiya. Um I was, I was actually kind of disappointed that we didn't get more of his, uh, of his friend. Uh, his friend wasn't named Momonga, but uh, they were at the bar Momonga, I think. Um, yeah, his dopey friend and that mm-hmm. date that he was supposed to go on. I kind of wanted to see more of that, honestly. <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of their mundane life. This is just. Uh, my style of Japanese movies, I guess now that we, yeah. you know, I feel like I've developed a, a genre that I enjoy the most, uh, when it comes to watching these kind of movies, but God, Zayram's design is really cool. Um, it felt like a video game come to life. It's funny that you mentioned Samus because I just kept thinking like, yeah, this is, she's Samus. This is like, this mm. is 
kind of like Metroid meets Evil Dead, uh, like I, or um, or the Thing, or like it, the all the stop motion stuff is really really cool. Uh, albeit some of it is kind of cheesy, but every time Zeram has like a new form, I was like, wow, uh, I was legitimately surprised. And uh, it, it did remind me of David Sweet's about uh, the Final Fantasy remake um, design for Genova and the regular design for Genova. Like when you see Zeram's final form, it has one titty, which I think is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what a, like, I guess that's what sort of reminded me of Evil Dead as well. Mm-hmm. The uh, the way that the monster changes and it sprouts legs in interesting places uh, and becomes actually upside down. I, I really have to admire Amamiya's uh, designs a whole lot. Like they're really inspired and grotesque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when um, I kind of peeked in a little bit when uh, David was uh, streaming this to some folks and the word body, the phrase body horror was definitely being thrown around. Uh, quite a lot because mm-hmm. there's some grotesque uh, creatures uh, and stuff and um, yeah <laughs> yeah at the uh, that final form I realized this time uh, that like when it sprouts out of the hat uh, as it drags the hat behind what it actually like it gives birth to itself and then its hat becomes like kind of a placenta connected mm. by an umbilical cord it's wild <laughs> and yeah. really gross I'm I'm not you know that doesn't surprise me at all like there's there's so many different allegories to like birth yeah when it comes oh, yeah. to monster yeah, designs I mean I want I want to move on to V's thoughts in a second but while we're on this topic I definitely want to bring up my maybe least favorite part but part that I maybe respect uh, for its weirdness and grossness <laughs> is the white bald man that has grown from uh Zerum and is just like there's a solid like few minutes it feels like of him throwing up green goop on himself until Zerum oh, just steps God. on him yeah. <laughs> so I guess, mellow man. yeah I guess that was supposed to be uh because uh Kamiya got bit um mm-hmm. which speaking of body horror that was like the first instance of the movie where I was like oh wow uh like it, you see the flesh getting slowly ripped off and i'm like this is very 80s yeah mm-hmm. very 80s gore i'm i'm here for it uh <laughs> but yeah i suppose that little cl- that was like kamiya's clone and yeah human makeup isn't exactly the easiest thing for zayram to clone which i think is very uh was it was kind of interesting i i really did enjoy that and th- that the special effects of the barf uh, in particular, I uh, uh, titillated me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I simultaneously hated it and loved it. Um, so, V, what were your thoughts watching this? Uh, the things I like, I like a whole bunch, and the things I don't like, I was very frustrated by. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like my my watching of this is actually from the lens of like schlock horror. So, uh, as a horror movie, this frustrated me because like you establish really early on the kind of like prowess of Zerum as he just like mows down this gigantic room full of guards as he escapes. Uh, but then the rest of the movie, you don't have your cast is so small and there's no extras or anything. So there's not like a strong sense of stakes because every time he corners somebody, he menaces them for a good like five minutes before 
uh, Iria shows up and, and gets them out of the situation. Yeah, he actually and, has to create victims for himself to kill. He kills mo- most of his own uh, grunts. Yeah, so I, I've, I found that immensely frustrating from watching this as a horror movie. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the things I love, the actual design, the special effects and the the fight scenes, I think work incredibly well. I just wish there was like a better sense of stakes and danger surrounding the two goofballs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think in general, um, you know, it's funny that Alex brought up the the friend at the bar and and stuff like that. I think um, as as we were sort of saying, this doesn't have like a, a big like emotional component to it or a big kind of dramatic uh, component to it. And the closest it gets is to sort of this story like, oh, you're supposed to go on a date, <laughs> you know, uh, w- with his friend and, and talking about that. Um, so I, I do think that that's something that. On one hand, it's kind of lacking, um, but like, I, I, I think it's very telling that uh, Amamiya is a character designer as well as a director because this is totally a movie that's made to like just show off cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, this is stuff I can mm-hmm. make, uh, and these are sci fi ideas that I think are cool. And so it's like kind of a showcase in that way. And I think taken on those terms, it's very cool and, and very fun, but it is it doesn't have as much going for it as far as like, you know, a uh, story or kind of emotional impact as, as one might want. Yeah. And it seems like that is, there's potential for it there with the stuff that they're t- kind of teasing about their, their significant others back home and all that yeah. stuff. But that stuff is uh, just not really addressed uh, super, super uh, well. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and, Zayram 2 doubles down entirely on here's cool stuff Um, because like there's even uh, technically the characters have like moved on in their lives. But yeah, there's 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 even less character development. Nobody even gets introduced and is way more just like, hey, we thought of a really cool weapon. What if, uh, what if what if a bomb was a dragonfly? And yeah, let me show just you. Keeps rolling this from thing. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd say my biggest kind of impression of this movie is it's interesting that the that it came before the anime because it really feels like a live action adaptation of an anime. Like it has that sort of like sensibility of like adapting anime type drawings to live action and it being, you know, more successful in some places and less successful in others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, I think that you're right, David, that the zone is a really cool and creative way to explain that you don't have the budget to make the same kind of sci-fi sets that they have in the in the anime but at the same time it's also very like obvious that that's (laughs) what's going on and i don't know i have different perspectives on that i i I feel like um that's a thing that i kind of can kind of roll my eyes at but to a certain extent the more i get into tokusatsu and stuff the more that that's kind of the appeal to me is is find is kind of thinking about how they made everything and and why they made everything and how they worked within restrictions and stuff like that. So I definitely like like the movie for the craft of it and and stuff. But um, yeah, but that's kind of where it where it stops. <laughs> Speaking about the zone, by the way, uh, when I was watching it, I kept thinking to myself like, oh yeah, so if this was a Tokusatsu, the zone 
uh, disappearing would be a thing at the end of every episode to to up the stakes. <laughs> like Zeram, the role of Zeram would be the monster of the week. You know, uh, they have to defeat the monster before the zone uh, goes away. Like, I, it, there's a formula. There's a potential formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's presents. an abandoned warehouse, one of the staples uh-huh. of the uh, Tokusat. They they just they missed going to a rock quarry, but uh, that's okay. Yeah, um, I guess there's a room for the sequel. No spoilers, David. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about favorite parts of the film. Um, Alex, uh, if you had like one favorite scene or aspect of the film that you wanted to highlight. Yeah, um, this is less of a favorite scene, I guess, but I I really liked when um, when Iria fired off the gun and and part of it is because of the gun itself. If that makes any sense, like it, there's mm-hmm. so much to it. Uh, I really, really appreciated all of the prop work in this movie. Uh, even like the ancillary props that, uh, you know, Tepe is just sort of taking out of the bag and he's like, huh, okay, whatever. Uh, I don't care about this thing. <laughs> hey, what's this do? Uh, whatever. And when she takes out that big gun and flips like the switches or whatever and puts the crosshairs up and I, I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I, I am imagining like this in an anime, like, I don't know. I keep thinking to myself, yeah. like in, in later Gundam, uh, like when a cock, they're in a cockpit and they're flipping all sorts of switches, you know, it's, uh, it kind of reminded me of that. And mm-hmm. there's, there are these little subtle subtleties to, uh, the moves that she was making when, when, uh, when setting it up and stuff like that. And I, uh, that entire sequence I thought was really fun. The chase sequence up the, uh, you know, Oh, the cannon it's up on the floor above you. And, um, I don't know that I thought that was a really fun, fun bit in the movie. Um, if I had to pick one. Nice. Yeah. Talking about, uh, going, going through her bag of stuff. Um, I wanted to loop back around to the eating that roach, oh, yeah. uh, like, I don't think it's ever, like, confirmed that that was food supply. Like, I, he just kind of assumes that and then, <laughs> and then eats it. I, I was left kind of with the question, was that what that was supposed to be? Or did he just uh, jump to that conclusion? But, uh, V, what was your favorite part of the movie? Um, also, the prop design, probably. The, mm-hmm. uh, the My actual favorite prop is Zerum's uh, actual gun that he starts the movie with like his big shotgun thing. Mm. Mm. And I was so upset when like a third of the way through the movie, he just kind of j- tosses it aside. <laughs> I was like, no, that thing looks so cool. Yeah, it's got like a um, skull on the end. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that looks cool. The, the grenades, I liked their design a lot. Um, but yeah, all the, just all the design looks so cool. Um, even the like modern day equipment stuff, the like when I was smaller, I would have wanted my entire room to look like that. Just a bunch of like nonsense electronic equipment all wired together. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just all of that stuff is so good. Oh, it, I, I did also want to um, point out that I also I really loved Iria's cloak. Um, yeah, that she's mm-hmm. sort of walking around in uh, at the beginning in like quote unquote modern Japan, and nobody's really batting an eye. And I thought to myself, oh, well, maybe they think she's cosplaying or something. <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks like it's t- like 
when when we talk about this thing looking like an anime, like when she wears that cloak, especially she looks like uh, a background character from like Trigun or mm-hmm. uh, Cowboy yeah. Bebop in like a deep and profound and very satisfying way. And it's like, um, yeah, that cloak is dope. And uh, 100% uh, like when I went on a real tear and started uh, uh, hypothe- hypothesizing that this movie has some influence on Final Fantasy VII's designs. Um, seeing that cloak with her long asymmetrical hair, mm-hmm. like, that's Vincent, man. That's Vincent. And then yeah. uh, uh, by the end, yeah, she did like, uh, 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 it's just, it, but yeah, that is a dope ass coat. Yeah, that cloak is a good example of like how some things translate. Some of the anime aesthetic translates better than others because like, I don't know, I might catch flack for this, but like I don't think her armor looks very good. Like I think it's a good design and the anime character looks like totally awesome and boss. But like the an actual human wearing that, it like kind of doesn't entirely work uh, for me. But when she's walking around in that cloak, she just looks like super great <laughs> i actually like the armor i do not like the goggles they're mm. those are too much for me <laughs> oh i love the goggles i love uh uh but uh the goggles and the armor both look a lot better in zayram 2 i think they mm. get the materials uh right um, yeah i think in general it's the kind of design that like over the years has improved a lot more like this kind of thing in general like looks better in more modern tokusatsu stuff um, so, David, what would you say is a favorite scene or, or aspect of the movie that you wanted oh, to highlight? Boy, uh, there's there's a bunch. Um, uh, and it's 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 hard because one of my things, I think, is going to wind up being the Takeshi Shimura Award. Um, OK, so I'll, I'll leave it for them. Uh, I think the opening of the movie, that little mm-hmm. like three minute vignette uh, uh, shot in posterized black and white of Zayram just dem- all of these poor helmeted guards on some uh, 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 distant alien planet. I think that's a, such a cool opening. Uh, it fills you with a lot of menace. It feels really, really alien. There's something to the to to that degraded video that feels almost like you're watching like security cam vi- video. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like I really, really, really like that. And then the the, the hard smash cut into um, uh, uh, you know the bright billboards of is is that uh akihabara i'm i'm not sure I'm yeah not sure I, I couldn't tell there were no like landmarks to place it yeah i think i rem- i remembered like a it toy shop in the is. background from uh uh the scad t- uh tokyo trip but mm. it would make sense for it to be akihabara if they're electricians going to the store yeah. um yeah. uh like that's an i think my actual like Actually, one of my favorite uh, uh, moments is the the title drop because it comes like 20 yeah. minutes into the movie. Uh, yeah, but you've got that. I noted that. But like their little car driving into this huge matte painting across this ridiculous little <laughs> tiny uh, uh, bridge. And you've got the big mushroom cloud that's shaped like Zayram's head. And the music has that really good violin uh, playing. I don't know, like it's you feel like you're in in for a real treat. Uh, yeah, definitely. Right then. Um, I think finally uh, at the end of the movie, when she just keeps shooting Zayram, <laughs> she shoots him like 30 times. And let me tell you, that is the correct yeah. number. Uh, yeah. 
She knows. That's really good. Like, I think yeah. there's a lot of movies where, like, the hero, like, plays it cool and shoots the, the thing once and, like, turns his back or whatever. <laughs> no, the thing has a boob growing out of its side and a, and a face is made out of testicles. Shoot it as many times as you want. Yeah, she wrote um, the cops hit. Oh, she, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it did um, remind me of the Balchinians from Men in Black, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, that's for as many times as uh, Zerum has come back. She has to make sure that he's dust. Um, yeah, I, I, I think my favorite scene is the is Iria's like initial fight with Zerum because it just has a lot of that great tokusatsu hand to hand combat. And it's the mm. most you really get to see of her doing that kind of stuff, not just shooting weapons and stuff. And that's what I really dig is like a human and somebody in a monster suit doing martial arts at each other. Um, even if Zerum can't like move around super a whole lot, he's a kind of big stoic type monster. Um, that this is the like one chance that we get a little bit of fight choreography with, uh, with Iria, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's kind of and, a hint there too, that like she's kind of raring for a fight. Mm-hmm. And I like that. There's a, there's a thing about Iria that's actually really interesting in terms of sci-fi heroines where most sci-fi heroines are thrown into a bad situation. Then they're sp- they spend the, the, the rest of the movie like running from it. So like Ripley is always running from the alien mm. and uh, Sarah Connor is always running from the Terminator uh, and Iria prepares the scene beforehand with traps she has she comes loaded for bear she has all the weapons and there's something very interesting about her basically always being in control even if like like it's, it's the structure of uh, uh zaram is kind of like a like a <laughs> like an arc of one piece like iria keeps getting stuck between buildings or with her head in the sand because if iria <laughs> shows up she'll just kick too much ass and then yeah. it'll be done mm-hmm. um and i think that's really interesting in a in a heroine Now, I really love that, like, she shows up and within, like, 10 or 15 minutes, she actually has Zerim captured and everything under control. It's it's the electricians that goof everything up or (laughs) she would be done. Yeah, totally. Um, So shall we dance? If this was an American remake, uh, what would we is it possible? And and what would it be like? Um, V, you're Uh, usually. Oh, oh. Uh, David, did you have something uh, to say? Remake already <laughs> exists. It's called The Terminator. It was directed by James Cameron. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Actually, this that has posits. been made 8 billion times it, 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 over here as tons of different Terminator ripoffs, which mm-hmm. is what like I was comparing in my mind uh, to this, which like I didn't want this to be like a total gore fest, even though that's what a lot of V cinema turned into. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted like a couple more people to die so we can continue to feel mm-hmm. threatened with our mm-hmm. protagonist. Do you think James Cameron <laughs> saw this movie? Oh, I bet. And he's, he seems really well. Con- I mean, like he was he was off reading uh, uh, Battle Angel Alita uh, before it was cool. So like it's true. true. Um, I think actually uh, the new Terminator Terminator Dark Fate. A pretty good area movie, because um, <laughs> huh. like it's got the uh, uh, the badass uh, uh, female protector taking care of hapless uh, uh, humans while there's an uh, an unstoppable thing that has both like future weaponry and it keeps making like goop monsters. Like I think it, it, it kind of is a little more Zayrami than uh, uh, original Terminator is. That's interesting. 
Uh, I something else I like is that you pointed out how much this is like uh, she's like Samus Aaron, which she's like Samus in that she is incredibly competent. She shows up, does the job and you get like a little bit of hint at her personality, but it doesn't like there's not a lot of uh, like a lot of movies with with uh, women protagonists always have some like internal question they're they're grip uh, grappling with and she's just like nope good at my job just want to show up <laughs> get my money and go home yeah totally um if this was made in america who would you cast as tepe and kamia Mm. <laughs> Jason Nervy and Paul Shire. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Like I could see this feels like a, like something to like revitalize Seth Rogen's career. Like he, he oh, yeah. Kanye, oh. uh, um, <laughs> I mean, maybe uh, maybe even like uh, uh, do like a Freaks and Geeks reunion and get uh, uh, Jason. What's his name? Mm. Uh, Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Yeah. I could see uh, that. Yeah, I could I could see this being like a movie that Seth Rogen produces and stars in with what's his face, James Franco. Just <laughs> not, it's another know, Green Hornet. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, and then Charlize Theron would be uh area. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I want I want to see Andy Sandberg and Jason Matsukas. Oh, see electricians. Oh man. <laughs> Jason Matsukas, that's a good poll. Jason Manzucas would hit on Final Area. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's got a boob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of improv could come in these scenes where they're running away from a slow-moving monster. Mm -hmm. I I did also love how doofy they they were. Like, once all her clothes are blown off and they feel safe for a second, they're both like... Oh, hello. You're an attractive woman. <laughs> yeah. And oh, then yeah. Uh, also at the end when one of them is like, I know I keep saying this, but what the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, super interesting, by the way. Uh, I checked out the dub and mm-hmm. they changed the you're an attractive woman line in the dub. Uh, uh, Kamiya voiced by uh, none other than uh, Bob Lord Zed Axelrod. Oh, wow. Um, in a classic streamlined dub, uh, says, you're some kind of warrior. And uh, Iria says, just doing my job. <laughs> and so, nice. How about that, streamline? How about that, yeah. Carl Masek, being a little more progressive? Yeah. Not what Masek's I would have expected. Um, all right. Takashi Shimura Award uh, for outstanding or scene-stealing performance. Uh, you alluded to this earlier, David. Who did you have in mind? The tiny little face in Zayram's hat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's just that thing is an incredible special effect for a little piece of like vinyl and like two actuators behind, in the cheeks like that it can convey mm-hmm. like smugness and rage and sadness is insane. The, the, like it's it's such a good and unnerving it crosses that or like it, it lives on top of and sometimes jumps over the uncanny valley in yeah. a way that's really, really interesting. I think that any scene that that thing shows up and goes, huh? is just, <laughs> it steals the steals the show 100 percent. 
yeah, they the know first that they had something good there. Showed up. It took me a minute to decide whether it was like the the first close up of it. It took me a minute to decide if it was actually a like animatronic prop or if it for the close up shots they had just painted a woman's face to be mm-hmm. in like a cutout. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, until later when you see it on the like penis tendril doing that those same facial expressions you're like oh no they could build a mechanism to do that yeah it sure did look like a penis (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know or like the 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 alien monster uh it's definitely going riffing off of that oh yeah that too (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is also riffing off of penises so yes um right um so alex how about you did you have anyone else other than the uh freaky no mask face uh in mind wow i didn't even think of that being an option and i mean (laughs) easily my favorite aesthetic choice Mm -hmm. very creepy very very creepy um i just i just yeah when when it became uh final Genova or whatever, I was like, man, now I don't get to see the tiny head, but then it became (laughs) a literal penis. So, (laughs) um, God, uh, well, before my, um, uh, honestly, if I had to give it to anybody, it would be Bob who we didn't even Mm. mention at all yet. Um, but every time Bob said anything, it tickled me because, uh, (laughs) Being, he was being such a negative Nancy about everything. Mm. Like, we shouldn't do this. No, this is a bad idea. Like <laughs> like a disembodied C-3PO. Yeah, um, it was an interesting. Uh, Bob in the anime is a guy, is a dude. Um, yeah. Whereas this, I kind of imagined him as an artificial intelligence uh, yeah. computer setup thing. Yeah. Like how Jarvis is supposed to be a butler, but in, rea- in actuality, he's an AI. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, how about you, V? Uh, mine is actually also Bob. I, oh, wow. uh, I liked him a lot. I like his icon of the like spinning <laughs> yeah. Vajra. It's cool to look at. And I'm sure when this was made, those were pretty advanced computer effects, <laughs> uh, going into that yeah. and a couple of the other scenes. Um, but yeah, I, I just like his personality. I always like the kind of, uh, the kind of Intel officer communicating with the hero type characters a lot. So I, I think he was, I, I cared about him a lot more than I did the electricians, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was worried that he was in peril when Zerum shows up back at the base. <laughs> well, I, I, I had a, a, a smaller brain uh, thought about this and I was just evaluating the human actors um, and I was going to give it to uh, Yukijiro Hotaru who plays Kamiya. Uh, because I just I think it's not surprising to me to learn that he's the one that has the kind of most robust acting career and is still acting, whereas uh, Iria and Tepe have have since retired. And um, amongst the, those kind of primary actors, I think he was the one that was kind of giving the most. And, you know, he was kind of a character actor. He uh, supposed to be kind of a more funny guy, whereas the other two were supposed to be kind of like cooler or whatever main character type folks. But. Uh, he's just the one that I, I found the most compelling uh, and and fun to watch. Yeah, you would like the most truckly Yarrow, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh yeah, I didn't even mention they were listening to the old uh, jazz in their in their truck. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, a long time ago, my friend Eleanor, so a friend of, friend of ours, uh, uh, has some parents that are big weebs, and um, and they and I trade uh, Japanese shit to, uh, back and forth, and um, and they one time gave me a big CD of a bunch of old Japanese jazz music, and it, totally the music that they were listening to in the in that scene. Uh, it's, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, name the, uh, uh, the centerfold that's uh, plastered on the top of their little uh, electrician's truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yep. uh, uh, when I saw that, I was like, I bet Joey found that an interesting and uh, uh, <laughs> character de- uh, decision. I do I, like I though, that, like, it. he has uh, he also gets like the one character reveal when uh, they're shooting at the things and he's like, give me the gun junior. And then he perfectly levels a dead eye shot and fires. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, maybe there's something more to this guy. And then they just kind of steamroll past it. But um, <laughs> they make a, a joke about him being old, I guess, and being in the yeah. war. And he's like, I wasn't in the war. I'm not that old. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, all right. So we have actually quite a few responses from Twitter. Oh, before folks. we move on, uh, oh, something yeah. I wanted to talk about was we haven't mentioned the music at all. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, which yeah. I do wish there were a little more of it because you get occasionally some of those longer scenes of menacing and a lot of the action towards the end of the movie is just the same music on loop. But uh, it is some incredible, like, menacing synth with some, like, cool chanting in the background in the beginning mm-hmm. of the film and yeah. it just slaps Zayram's chanting was was uh, undoubtedly creepy and uh, let me tell you uh, as far as the music goes I'll be honest I was slightly disappointed because the opening titles were really cool like I was I wrote like the very first thing that I wrote down was like the music the music the music it's so cool <laughs> um, and uh, and then you know we don't really get too much more of that kind of stuff but, um, but definitely noteworthy for sure. Yeah. Like I think, uh, uh, if you like the music, <laughs> if you like the two really good pieces of music in Zayram, um, in, I, I want to say that in, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the OVA, they carry that on a lot more. Uh, in terms of uh, like the, the the sort of texture where it's it's more interesting uh, instrumentation um, and certainly like the uh, the opening theme is a real banger for the uh, for the anime. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. The anime for sure. So it's interesting. It's kind of unusual uh, that anime theme. Um, not what you think of as sort of a pop tune or whatever. Um, yeah. Any other notes before we move on to some uh, Twitter questions? Uh, yeah, just oh, one thing is uh, there's kind of a pipeline uh, for some of the uh, uh, behind the scenes care, uh, uh, folks. That's really interesting because uh, as far as I can tell, um, before uh, uh, this is pretty early in uh, Keita Amamiya's career, uh he got to start doing illustrations for video games and then he moved over to Tokusatsu. He started doing some work on TV shows. Uh, Zayram was actually filmed, I think at the same time as the first two episodes of Jetman. Mm. Like he filmed the first two episodes of Jetman and then he was, uh, took a short break to go film uh, Zayram. Um, but he also was starting to work. Uh, he took a he worked on the visual effects of Gunhead over at Toho mm. Studios. And there are a lot of people 
who either worked on Gunhead or Godzilla versus Biolanti, which is uh, pretty contemporaneous, that then jumped over, did Zayram, all of the subsequent Keita Amamiya films, and then off of that went to go work on the Gamera movies and then mm-hmm. Godzilla Mothra King Ghidorah. Um, and so I think that it's kind of interesting that like he collected, it, it feels like he made a bunch of friends in the industry and then pulled them all together for this, uh, for this one project. And then after that, they formed kind of a unit that kept going on. Mm-hmm. That's um, interesting. Yeah. You can see a lot of that same aesthetic carried through. Um, yeah. Yeah. Violante uh, is a big goopy monster <laughs> flower monster but um anything else uh, i just wanted to say that the scene where he does that running kick is identical to uh armor king's running three and tekken okay. and i really enjoyed that <laughs> nice for oh. the like three people in the audience who will catch that um, apparently, somewhere in Zayram, there is a cameo from manga uh, from the mangaka Masakazu Katsura, who oh. uh, wrote DNA Two and uh, Eyes, mm-hmm. and Toriyama's who went BFF. on to do the uh, the character designs for Iria Zayram the animation. That makes sense. Hmm. Neat. I tried to find him. I couldn't. So, but hmm. he keeps getting listed. So <laughs> nice. Uh, so, uh, Brett Marcus Cook, uh, at Animated Trigger asked us, uh, if Zerum, uh, slash area universe had continued beyond the movies, OVA and video games, what other stuff would you all want to see? Uh, also, which form of Zerum do you like the most? Um, uh, I'll just say off the bat, uh, I would like, uh, a line of apparel, uh, because I think that that, uh, electric company logo is, uh, really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as you were mentioning, that's the thing that st- stuck out to me is that those like their bright, uh, colored uniforms <clears throat> are totally the kind of thing that, uh, uh, several years ago I would have been like, ha ha ha, look at these dated things. And now I'm like, this basically looks like what hipsters uh, at comic conventions are wearing. But um, yeah, so I I think that that would be good. And uh, as for what uh, form I like the best, I think I still like, I think I like this version uh, the best because I'm currently kind of in a big uh, tokusatsu kick where I'm a little bit, um, I don't know, kind of putting anime uh, on the back burner a bit uh, and... um, and uh, I'm just really into seeing stuff that folks are crafting in the meat space and 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 punching each other with. So, yeah. Um, how about you, uh, uh, David? Um, did, how would you like to see this continue and, and which form did you like the most? Uh, so uh, shout outs to uh, when. Uh, Zayram gives birth to a mouth baby. Um, I think that's a, that's a real wild look. But also, uh, when he takes cloak off, uh, my boy's ripped. Um, <laughs> I do think that like the total package, Zayram wearing a cloak, standing backlit in a smoky alley, can't beat it. Just got to stick with that. Uh, if the Zayram universe had continued, uh, I would love to see a movie set during. Uh, Tepe's date. So Tepe mm. is like in a restaurant and it has to have glass windows all the way around. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, some alien comes down. And so Kamiya, Iria and Bob have to stop this alien, which keeps just d- 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 uh, exploding people all around uh, 
uh, the, uh, Tempe's date. And so like they're trying to keep it out of his dates, uh, peripheral vision. Uh, <laughs> and maybe like at one point, like it, they, they uh, have to go like inside and pretend to be waiters because like the alien has like shape shifted or something. But like, I think, I think the problem with the movie is that it doesn't have like that, that central tension. And I think that this would solve it uh, dramatically. <laughs> Throw a little bit more uh, sitcom sensibility into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little uh, a little garden party in the movie Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, uh, how about you, Alex? Any thoughts about this? Let's see. If, you know, I really, really like Zayram's first form the most. And as cool and grotesque as the final one is, I really love the cool, like, uh, you know, the Gasa type hat mm-hmm. and, and the duster cape. Uh, like, it's very sci-fi cowboy- uh, Ronin and I love all of those things combined into one uh, kind of reminded me of um, Trigun a little bit yeah in a way so yeah I really like that uh, aesthetic a lot as for where I'd like to see it continue um, show me a tokusatsu series I, I'm not the biggest tokusatsu fan um, by any means but I feel like it would be a welcome addition to uh, that genre as a whole like that TV mm-hmm. genre. Um, and I, you know, they could play around with the sci-fi aspect a little bit more, uh, give it a bit more of a budget. But then again, I'm not really sure how much of a budget tokusatsu shows tend to have, uh, since CG, uh, has become more prevalent. Yeah. They, they, they can do a lot more now, uh, than they used to, but a lot of times, at least in recent memories, I've seen several shows that start off in space and then end up in earth. So you get a few episodes off in cool worlds, but then most of it is happening in Tokyo, coincidentally, uh, just, uh, just beyond. <laughs> yep. Just beyond. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, V, did you have any thoughts about this question? Yeah. My favorite form is definitely the original one. Uh, I love his cloak and that whole look. He looks like a Star Wars bounty hunter, yeah. which is like the coolest thing you can be in space. <laughs> it's true. Um, and much like when he threw the gun away, I was very sad when he took off his cloak. And he's like, I like a good Giver type monster. And, and he was ripped and he's got that terrifying like spider looking mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really missed seeing him in the clothes. Uh, the stop motion is probably my second favorite, uh, just because like the cool spidery skeletal form is, is really cool and evocative. And while it wasn't like matted in that well, it, it, the actual animation was incredible. Um, for the other thing I, I want and like chibi omake series where they're all living <laughs> in an apartment complex together oh my god nice and just getting into hijinks <laughs> fucking galaxy <laughs> yes definitely including zayran <laughs> okay good <laughs> he just he just shows up and like does whatever weird groaning noises he makes mm-hmm. when he's trying to communicate with the half-finished slime human <laughs> oh god uh, yeah, so uh, Iman Doherty uh, at Iman B. Doc uh, asked, aside from other Keita Amamiya movies, uh, what should fans of Zerum seek out uh, for similar fare uh, if it exists? And uh, for those who know, uh, is Garo worth watching? Um, David, did hmm. you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, so the second question is 
complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. Is Garo worth watching? Actually, is uh, uh, like Garo's weird. Garo's good. Mm. I'd try Garo, and if Garo's not for you, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if but I was thinking about this question a lot actually because I think the attraction to Zayram is the aesthetic. Um, yeah. it's that, uh, uh, because like there's something to Gar, uh, to Zayram where it feels like you're getting a peek into a world where science fiction evolved free of Western influence. And yeah. I think that's really, really, uh, 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 what I'd want to find. So obviously, uh, there's, if you like the movie Zayram, uh, there's Iria Zayram, the animation, uh, which is. 100% that aesthetic and it's really good. People have like uh like uh, uh umbrella uh paper umbrella helicopters. Um they've got crazy flintlock uh, laser pistols. Like it's the 9 yards. It's so good. I think actually like if you want that aesthetic, uh Outlaw Star mm-hmm. is a really good place to find it. Yeah. Um, I've been watching uh, Angel Links lately because I wanted some more Outlaw Star, and that that show is terrible. But <laughs> that aesthetic's so good, and like when you get that Taoist magic, mm, it's it's so interesting, and it, it it feels so fresh. I think Outlaw Star feels of a piece with uh uh, uh the Zayram universe in a really interesting way. Uh, the other uh things where you might kind of feel that uh, so, you know, what what did my list include? Um. The game Alien versus Predator, the arcade game. Um, <laughs> I think that if you play as Lin Kurosawa, you're basically playing as Iria. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think The Mandalorian is weirdly comparable to Zayram in that you're following a uh, a space bounty hunter, a real cool space bounty hunter in a completely yeah. non-Earth uh, setting like uh, you explore. You see how he builds all of his stuff. There's a real kick-ass lady. Um, And the actual process of making the Mandalorian is actually really pure tokusatsu. Uh, Disney made this really good supplementary series called uh, Disney Gallery, where Jon Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni... Uh, sit down with a ta- uh, uh, with a group of uh, directors and artists and producers and actors, and they have these really good discussions about how they made the show and why they made the show. And at a certain point, they start talking about the special effects. And they get really in the weeds about process and really in the weeds about like there's a stop motion shot uh, uh, because they wanted to see if they could do a stop motion shot that would match their their CGI. They did their crazy like projection wall because they wanted to push the technology further. Uh, some of the space, uh, some of the spaceship shots uh, in that were actually honestly got model shots filmed uh, in the same way that like they filmed the spaceship shots in a new hope because they made this reference thing and they were like, well, this looks so good. We could just photograph it. And there's, so there's like that love of craft that I brought up earlier in terms of why I love Tokusatsu. Like the Mandalorian is actually like insanely budgeted, but in its heart, good tokusatsu. And if you want to watch some more space bounty hunters, you could do worse than uh, uh, than the Mandalorian. Yeah, you, David, you're the first person I really saw hammering this idea online that that uh, the Mandalorian is a tokusatsu show um, and comparing it to metal heroes and stuff. And um, I, I agree. Uh, it definitely has those uh, similar qualities. 
um, for sure. Um, V, do you have any recommendations that you would give uh, if somebody's looking for something similar to Zerum? Uh, I mentioned it a second ago, um, but uh, I actually like both of the live action Guyver movies. Uh, If you want to see Kung Fu and rubber suits, uh, they're not great, but they're fun. Uh, the second one especially has a lot of gore. Uh, Mark Hamill is in the first one, but doesn't star. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the second one, uh, I think David Hayter is the Giver. If you're a big uh, Metal Gear Solid fan, want to see some more David mm-hmm. Hayter. Interesting. Well, look at that. In, one, in Zayram, Solid Snake's the bad guy. And in the Giver, Solid Snake's the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Alex? Um... Outlaw Star is a really good example, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned Trigun. Some of the designs are really out of this world and kind of grotesque. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm more of an anime guy as it is. The Mandalorian, wow, what a great comparison. Uh, as a Star Wars nut and someone who, like, okay, so uh, a little bit of a backstory about me. Uh, before anime, my first love, of course, was Star Wars, and I dug all the bounty hunter stuff. Um, Zuckus is my favorite bounty hunter because I like bug guys. Um, and, uh, like, all I ever wanted was a show about bounty hunters um, <laughs> or just that that uh, seedy underbelly of Star Wars without the Jedi. Like, I, the prequels wore on me because they were too clean and everybody had laser swords and there wasn't enough gritty grime and the Mandalorians got that. And, um, it being a tokusatsu, that is such a interesting concept. Uh, and what a cool take. Um, I second the Mandalorian just because I think it's a good show. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, uh, as far as that aesthetic goes. Yeah. Um, gosh, uh, you know, Zerum also reminded me of a lot of late eighties, early nineties anime, um, mm-hmm. st- stuff like, uh, like, uh, what is it? Um, city hunter, wicked city. Is that the one with the vagina monster? Wicked city. Wicked, wicked city. city. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, 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 the guy in city hunter is kind of a vagina monster too, but in a very different way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, the lead in this maybe is, well, is more similar to uh, the City Hunter guy, but yeah. less pervy. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Wicked City. I, God, legit, stuff like that. Um, I mentioned before Evil Dead, um, The Thing. Mm, uh, yeah. Like John Carpenter stuff. The, the Thing in particular, if you haven't seen The Thing... Um, it just turned like 35 or something like that. Yeah, like, if you haven't seen the thing, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. <laughs> Go the, fix that. The thing is such a great, great example of what you can do with practical effects and what you could do with practical effects at the time. Um, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention how revolutionary it was for special effects, even though, you know, so many other movies were doing similar stuff, but the thing just stands out on its own. It's a really great sci-fi movie. Um, yeah, I'd say if you like this movie, watch The Thing. Yeah, totally. I uh, I only saw The Thing last year for the first time, but I, I loved it. Um, yeah, so I have a few recommendations. Um, first of all, something that this gave me big vibes uh, from is the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Um, uh, huh. 
I think it has a very similar feel, like it's sort of like dark city um, with like action kind of happening in the alleyways and rooftops uh, and animatronic suits and um, a similar time period. Uh, it definitely like gave me those vibes. And that first Ninja Turtles movie, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it hasn't been since childhood. I've seen it uh, fairly recently and I think it holds up pretty well. Um, and um, and uh, I would also recommend the 90s Gamera movies uh, for sure. Um, those are uh, a great um, tokusatsu from the 90s, uh, probably the best tokusatsu from the 90s um, as far as films go. And they're they're just super good. And and as as we've been seeing, there's somewhat of a through line from this to that. Um, and uh, I would recommend Message from Space that we covered um, recently, just as a sort of like sci-fi tokusatsu thing that isn't related to superheroes in any way. Uh, but you get to see uh, cool crafted stuff. It's it's kind of a Star Wars ripoff. So um, you it's kind of along the lines of the Mandalorian in a way. Um, and then finally, a big thing that this gave me vibes from uh, that might require a little bit of digging to find is a TV series called Daimajin Kanan um, mm. that was a really cool um, uh, tokusatsu TV series that's also dark and kind of serious and geared towards an older audience um, that's based off of the Daimajin movies, uh, sort of. Uh, it has the the big statue creature uh, in it, but um, it has a lot of these very kind of dark, weird uh, monsters. Has a horror element to it, um, but is kind of spooky and 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 cool. Uh, so I think that would appeal to people who like uh, Zerum. As far as Garo, uh, and this is going to contradict what I said about Daimajin canon. Um, Garo, I thought looked very cool. Like the outfit, the the shiny lion man, like looks awesome. Uh, and I tried watching the first couple of episodes and it didn't really click with me. I think it might get better uh, as it goes, but I have a sort of weird problem with Tokusatsu where a lot of times they, they're just, you know, due to budgets and, and the time period that they were made in and stuff. Um, a lot of times they aren't convincing me what they're trying to convince me. And so I, do a lot better with tokusatsu when it's silly and fun. And so that's why I love like Super Sentai and stuff. But I have a kind of harder time with a lot of the stuff that's supposed to be darker and taken a little bit more seriously like Garo. So, uh, you know, I think I but I know it has a huge passionate. Uh, well, I don't know, huge, but it has it has a big fan base that's very passionate. And I hear people singing its praises all the time. Um, so don't take my word for it. <laughs> if you like Zerum, <laughs> I definitely think you should check out uh, Garo and see for yourself. Yeah, uh, I've never seen a second of Garo, but I've seen a lot of Garo statues, and it is a very, very cool design. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a, uh, I think it's uh, there's an anime. Uh, so there's there's a, uh, a whole series of an Garo animes. Mm -hmm. um, and there's one that came out fairly recently. I think it's called Vanishing Line. Yeah. Uh, that's set in America. And it's real goofy. Uh, <laughs> the Garo in that uh, he prays to boobs. He eats real big uh, sandwiches. Uh, he it's it's actually like pretty charming, uh, but it's like really rote. Um if you like the show Supernatural, mm. you'd like that show. 
um, in, a, in, in kind of a weird way. Well, now uh, you've piqued my interest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's it's got like a, this road trip thing, um, but it's also set in anime America, which is always a treat. Um, yeah, that's also a plus in my mind. <laughs> um, a couple a couple things that just popped into my head. Uh, the movie Gunhead. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned it earlier. Gunhead's weird, and it doesn't get a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of mention nowadays. Uh, but uh, it's set in the post-apocalyptic future, and it's basically uh, in like the early in the late '80s. Toho said, "What if we made a movie set in the future from the Terminator movies?" Um, it's got an international cast, including Brenda Bucky. Uh It's not all good it's not great but it's definitely audacious in a really interesting way um i'd try gunhead out if you really liked the the prop design in this uh also uh if you want a kind of more serious tokusatsu series uh shibuya 15 is this great uh uh, one season 13 episode tokusatsu series about uh teen street gangs inside of a inside of the matrix mm. so very early on it is made very very clear that you are inside of a, a virtual simulation of tokyo and it is about this uh one kid who wakes up and now he's uh, uh stuck in between these rival street gangs of children and but also there's like a virus uh, that's an adult man played by Mark Musashi who is hunting the children and killing them. There's another girl who shows up and is like the protector and she's kind of an eerie character. Um, it's got uh, uh, as it goes on, you start realizing that it's uh, uh, got these really interesting transhuman queer themes going on. Shibuya 15 is one of my favorite shows. Uh, it's shot for like uh, uh, pennies and pocket lint, but the fight scenes are really good and the story is really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd hunt that one down. And finally, if you want to see a movie kind of where Zayram is the hero, try this one out. Vampire Hunter D. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Got that wide brim hat. Got that weird eating people. I don't know. Yeah, I love it when the body horror comes from the hero. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, I've got a couple more questions here, and I think uh, two of them, I've got three more, and I think two of them we can move through pretty fast because they're touching on stuff that we've already kind of talked about. But Dan uh, at Game Apartment 1C wants to know our feelings on the area OVA uh, and if we believe that it still holds up when paired to the film or if it detracts from the overall story. Uh, Like I said, I I just watched the first episode today and just as a bit of a refresher. And I think it looks cool. It has really good art um, and and is able to build on the sci fi environments and stuff in the way that the um, the live action one couldn't due to budget constraints and stuff. But um, I don't. I didn't feel at least like that first episode enhanced uh, this at all, besides really kind of like saying, yes, she is a bounty hunter. That's why she's come to Earth to get this guy. But um, but I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Uh, uh, I guess, David, you have the most experience with this. So, yeah, um, I think that it's it's good on its own. Um, it does not in, uh, in any way really interact with the movies. Um, there might be too much Zayram and Iria Zayram the animation mm-hmm. I, like the villain just keeps being Zayram and it's like, ah, aren't there more aliens in space? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing I liked about this movie is it felt like there could be lots of adventures of Eria 
Like, I, I honestly less interested in Zerum. I think he's a really cool monster, but like, what if there were other cool monsters? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like um, I feel I feel that way about the uh, the Aliens movies. I feel like mm. after Aliens, there's this real good opportunity to to like be about Newt and uh, Ripley and Bishop and like that little family going off and having space adventures. And instead, it's just more of these penis headed monsters. But uh, yeah, like I think that's the only problem with the OVA is that it's just sticking with, well, Eria fights Zayram. So we're going to have six episodes where she fights Zayram mm. um, when it could be something a little more different. But other than that, it's really, really good. Yeah. All right. And uh, Lou uh, at Strongest Human on Twitter uh, wants to uh, note that um, uh, wants to ask what uh, our favorite bit of special effects are on the movie and says, uh, while uh, I remember uh, uh, Amamiya's love of stop motion uh, stood out uh, to me as, as what he said. And yeah, I think that stop motion looks good. I, I think that a problem with the stop motion is that it, it can't interact uh, with the folks as well as uh, a guy in a suit. And then you get the sort of like prop version of the skeleton monster that they just kind of like shove in a door and stuff that doesn't look quite as good. Um, but I think that the parts, the stop motion is just cool for the fact that stop motion is cool. I don't know. Um, I think you mentioned it, V, that, that you liked uh, watching this stop motion. Did, did you have any more yeah. thoughts about that? Uh, not specifically about the stop motion. Like I said, I, I didn't love how it was like integrated into the footage. I don't know what the actual process for that is. Uh, but the animation of the skeleton monster itself was good and unnerving. My actual favorite special effect, though, is probably the Metis cannon. Mm. Uh, both both the prop, uh, the way she like fits together, but the actual like when those prongs come apart and she fires it. Uh, I expected that to be kind of goofy, but it actually just ended up being pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Alex, did you have a favorite piece of uh, special effects? Hmm. I do love me some stop motion. Uh, I in particularly like, I, in particular, I liked, uh, Zeram transforming into its final form at the end. The little mm-hmm. ancillary bug legs just sort of sticking out are what was the clincher for me. It really got <laughs> me. I'm like, that's completely unnecessary and really gross, but cool. <laughs> nice. How about you, David? Um, so, uh, one uh, one thing is we're recording this on Ray Harryhausen's uh, 100th birthday. Oh, and so awesome. it was wow. it's nice to be talking about a movie that had an, an uh, stop motion skeleton in it. Um, uh, in terms of best effects, uh, I mean, I already uh, uh, nominated uh, that little tiny face for the best actress. So like that, the amount of how effective that that was still knocks me on my butt. Um mm-hmm. You know what's a really good uh, uh, effect? The the emergency ration cockroach. They separately <laughs> modeled its wings and thorax so that when he's holding it, like it separates at one point. So it has like realistic anatomy and like that level of detail is really unneeded. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's just like at one point, Zayram gives birth to itself from upside down inside of its own hat. Like it pulls itself <clears> up, <throat> tendrils go and it's really gooey. Yeah. Um, this movie yeah. has a really good sense of goo. Uh, I think that's <laughs> oh, really, yeah. really uh, good. Um, 
Something we yeah, haven't touched I, on is, uh, you know, I love a good henching, and I think the little effect of of her uh, putting on her armor, kind of zapping on her, uh, is cool, for sure. Yeah, nice and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the final question, uh, Abby Denton uh, uh, at uh, Mizabitha on Twitter, uh, <laughs> it is with a whopper. Uh, she asks, uh, what... Uh, What's the best practical effects movie monster that you think you could make using only the things in, you currently have in your home? So, uh, um, have uh, I'm I hope that folks had had a little bit of time to uh, think about this because <laughs> you could do a, a whole lot of different stuff. Um, David, what would you create? Um, I think. Uh, I'm a big believer in uh, mixing uh, mixing the real world with uh, with your with your effects for added verisimilitude. Uh, so I would probably uh, use my cat as a base. <laughs> nice. um, uh, I think. Uh, hmm. My 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 baby and my son produce large amounts of goo. So perhaps I could have them drool <laughs> on top of my cat for several months to create like some sort of horrible crust. Uh, and then I would just uh, wait until about 2 a.m. when the cat starts terracing around the house like she does. And I would film that in slow motion and it would look like some sort of terrible Promethean glyptodon uh, rampaging across the uh, the primordial swamps. I think that's what I would do. It's a good, very effective. Um, <laughs> uh, Alex, how about you? Um, well, we recently moved into a new apartment a couple months ago. Uh, the biggest thing that we have in our apartment is a couch. Um, the nice thing about couches is that they have pillows. So pillows would be a fine base. Um, we also have a whole bunch of really fuzzy throw blankets. And I think that could make for some really cool, um, like, like fur. Um, I don't know how you, I don't know if you knew about, about Banthas, um, but Banthas in, in the original Star Wars were literally just elephants with a big fuzzy covering thrown on them. Uh, so that's sort of where I'm headed with that. And, um, uh, let's rewind back to yesterday when we still had a a long kielbasa in in our freezer. It has since been cooked. Um, but I feel like that could be like a tendril of sorts. Um, I have some pickle Mm. juice. I could put that on the floor. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's got like a snail trail kind of situation. (laughs) Nice. How about you, V? Uh, I actually, because I do some costuming stuff, I've got a decent amount of random gubbins around the house. Um, I've got some various claws and horns and stuff, uh, but I'm sitting here looking at like some red heels and a wig also in the corner of this room. <laughs> so uh, I would just be uh, sexy angurus. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just... Um I was just kind of looking around uh, the living room here, and I think I'm going to make a sort of mechanical organic hybrid with um, we have a lot of house plants, so I definitely want to incorporate uh, the house plants and got a few different uh, pieces of equipment here, a crane necked uh, desk lamp. That's always good for some uh, cool kind of arching effects and the video projector, which I think you could do some neat effects with. Um, and um, 
and uh, and I've got, uh, of course, uh, a brand new stuffed whale shark uh, that I gave to Melissa for her birthday uh, a couple weeks ago. So that'll be the head, a nice uh, smiley monster. <laughs> and uh, I'll just wrap it in uh, some Christmas lights to give it a little bit more dazzle. That'll that'll be my creature. But nice. uh, yeah. Um, all right. So that was uh, that was Zerum. Um, uh, David, closing thoughts. Uh, if you get hungry, cockroaches make a tasty treat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> v, do you have anything to uh, close out the episode? Uh, I, I think I'm good. You're good. Yeah, I think I missed that gun. I've uh, I've I've pretty much uh, uh, spent everything I've got. Alex, do you have anything left to comment on? I do think it's great that um, we've covered movies with uh, tokusatsu elements that have robot sidekicks that uh, <laughs> both begin with the letter B. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, which which do you like more? Boba or Babu? I <laughs> <laughs> mean, Beba? Beba. Uh, yeah, Beba, Beba or Bobu. Oh, um, God. I, I like mean, Bob is more, uh, I don't know, tolerable, but I still, <laughs> I think uh, Beba has a special place in my heart. That I mean, Beba's voice made me laugh for like five <laughs> minutes the first time I heard it, so I might have to go with Beba, even though I would much rather be around Bob. Yeah, yeah. Bob won my Takeshi Shimura award, but also did not make me scream what out loud, <laughs> like uh, when I first heard him. Like if you could make Siri uh, just be Bob, I think that mm-hmm. would be the best way. But um, oh man, uh, I thought of I thought of something. Um, actually, right now. If you like tokusatsu or if you watch this movie, and you're like, boy, those rubber suits. That's that's awoken something inside of me. I want more. Um, <laughs> it's an exciting time in America for tokusatsu. More of it's being available uh, is available legally than ever before in my lifetime and basically any fan's lifetime. Um Support official releases. Uh, find it on streaming uh, right now. There is a great new Ultraman series called Ultraman Z. Uh, you can watch the episode subtitled free right on uh, the Subaraya uh, YouTube channel. Go watch those. Give it your support. Um, uh, uh, other message from space, which has been covered here, uh, had re- uh, a release on uh, DVD from Discotech. Go buy that. Uh, put uh, uh, let them know that you really like f- uh, seeing this stuff because there's treasures out there that have not been released yet um even uh uh uh, my pal mike uh mike dent he has a great youtube channel called vintage henshin uh go watch his videos on there give him uh give him some love um because right now more stuff is available than i ever thought would be available they're starting to announce like common writers coming out in america it's just crazy and it's a really good time to be getting into this stuff it's a really good community around it and it's a really good time to uh give it support and see what new things come down the road yeah. Email Subaraya. Tell them to give me Aztec Kaiser. I want my wrestling tokusatsu. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Shout Factory um, and all their stuff is also on um, on um, Tubi, which is where I watch it. Um, has a bunch of Super Sentai stuff, but they've just been dipping into the world of Common Rider, and they have the original Common Rider series, which I think is really, really great and really fun. And the first dozen episodes or so are actually genuinely cool, like weird. Or 
uh, television. Uh, and then it turns into kind of goofy superhero stuff, which is fun too. And, um, but, um, I think if you're looking for something modern, they're about to release, um, a film, the common writer Heisei generations forever, which is a, a movie from just a few years ago that has like every single, uh, common writer from, uh, you know, 2000 onward or whatever. And, um, well, if you're not super familiar, you might not know who everybody is, but it'll be a really good kind of like sampler plate to see what kind of crazy stuff, uh, Japanese special effects superhero, uh, television has turned into cause it's quite a spectacle and I'm looking forward to watching that for sure. Um, but, uh, Alex, what are we going to be talking about next episode? Yes. Uh, next uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about um, What a Wonderful Family, uh, a Yoji Yamada movie that is not Torasan. Um, but uh, there are a few uh, nods to Torasan in the movie. Um, one that is supremely blatant, actually. Um, but at, at, at its heart, it's a really great movie, really heartwarming. I love. I I sought it out uh, sometime last year. I watched it with my dad. We had a really good time with it. Um, I think there have been three since then. Um, and uh, from what I've heard, it's a very popular film to play on airplanes on the way to and from Japan. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I have not seen this, but I'm a huge Yoji Yamada uh, fan, obviously. Uh, uh, and I think that, uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I've been kind of saving this up to talk about it on the episode, on the podcast, because I knew we were going to cover it, because uh, you mentioned wanting to do it at some point. Um, yeah. And, 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 and I, we, I've brought it up a couple times that it's no secret that my favorite genre of movie uh, when it comes to Japanese film is uh, big families getting along or not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to, I guess, just mention real quick, if, if folks want in the U.S. want to look up uh, Japan Cuts, the Japan Film Society, uh, a New York uh, organization in July is going to be um, streaming their film festival instead of playing it locally. Um, and there's going to be four Torsan films, three classic ones that uh, kind of span the entire 48 films to um, like the first, the 18th and the. 42nd or something along those lines. And then the brand new uh, 50th one that just uh, came out last year. So if folks are like, oh man, these guys keep talking about Taurus on who, what is this? Uh, I can't find these movies. Uh, this will be a chance to check them out uh, and see them for yourself. Um, but Alex, uh, where can people find you online? You can find me at dude exclamation on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to me every week on the One Piece podcast. And occasionally you can watch me on uh, twitch.tv slash superartfight. Uh, every Saturday there is always some fun to be had, whether it be a live art competition or Jackbox streams. Um, uh, also, uh, uh, the aforementioned uh, Mike Dent did a really wonderful voiceover for one of our live shows a couple of years ago. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, he's a... He's a really talented voiceover artist in, in addition to a great Twitter follow and um, very knowledgeable about Tokusatsu as well. So, yeah, why not follow Mike Dent, too? He's, he's great. He's a good <laughs> Yeah, follow. I recommend it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, v, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FriskaChat, V-R-I-S-K-A-C-H-A-T. Uh, my birthday is coming up. 
uh, maybe before this episode oh, comes out. Birthday. I can't remember how things line up. So uh, wish me a happy birthday on Twitter. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and David, thank you so much for coming on. Um, this was a fun episode, and uh, I'm, I really appreciate the amount of uh, research and stuff that uh, you put into this, too, because I definitely put a little in. <laughs> but uh, where can folks find you? Uh, you can definitely find me on Twitter uh, way more than I should be. Um, it's uh, at Ycarps. That's Y-K-A-R-P-S. It's uh, sort of like Y-Craps, but uh, not scatological. Um, I also occasionally show up on the One Piece podcast, and when I do, there's usually a really bad uh, pun-based trivia game to follow. Uh, but other than that... Uh, I'll just see you around. Sometimes I uh, I make a trend and tweet, and uh, you'll just know me by the shoe bill. <laughs> nice. And uh, I'm Joey Weiser on Twitter and uh, Joey Weiser Comics on Instagram. Uh, follow me there to see updates about uh, my comics. You can check out my graphic novels, Merman and Ghost Hog, and... Um, coming up uh, Dragon Racer next year I'm putting the finishing touches on that and um, and check out Dinotown my uh, webcomic uh, at Dinotown comic on Twitter and Instagram as well uh, just a soothing uh, nice comic about dinosaurs living in a town together and uh, as for the podcast you can follow at Toho Yaro on Twitter uh, that's the best place probably to get in touch with us and let us know um what movies you'd like us to cover and what you think about the movies that we're covering uh get social like get uh questions on the show uh let us know what guests uh you'd like us to have on in the future and um uh, but if that doesn't work for you you can also message us on facebook uh toho yaro has a facebook account or email us uh toho yaro at gmail.com and then of course please uh rate review and subscribe uh to the podcast on uh your podcast catcher of uh choice and uh, we're also on spotify i was recently informed so uh check us out there if you want uh, and check us out next uh episode for what a wonderful family